Well, hello, it's Julie again, back with another episode of You're in Charge. And I've spoken with some friends of mine, and well, one in particular, Chantel, hi. And um, I realized that she, amongst others, are apparently listening to my podcast with little ears involved. And so I felt it was probably necessary to put a a warning label out there. I'm from Massachusetts. I'm loud and I am not speaker worthy. That means I have no idea what's going to come out of my mouth and most of it will be loud and a lot of it will be profane. So if you have tiny ears around, then I highly recommend you don't listen to me right now because I have stuff to say. It can be, it can be useful to you, but it could be uh, not little ears friendly. Okay. So with that said, what's coming to me today is about blocks and neutrality. And what do I mean? All right. Blocks. Um, we always, we always, we, yeah, no, we always, um, some place in our life we feel blocked. We feel like, why can't I get the thing? Why can't I get the person? Why can't I get the money? Why can't I do the thing? Blah, blah, blah. And what came to me was this visual of your refrigerator and you go and you open the refrigerator and there's not much in it. You've got condiments of various sorts and maybe some spoiled milk and you haven't gone shopping in a really long time. Now, obviously this is a metaphor. I'm not saying this is what your refrigerator looks like, but if it does look like this, then all right, let's, let's keep rolling with it. So you have this desire for, I don't know, a steak dinner or, Ooh, these gorgeous pancakes or something. And you look in your fridge and you don't have any of the makings for any of that. So you start to post images of those in your mind, on your fridge, whatever. This is what it looks like. And then you open up your fridge and it's not that stuff. So what's blocking you is actually your image. And it's not that that's a bad image. Hey, have the steak dinner, have the pancakes, have the I don't know, ice cream, sunny, whatever it is that you've got on your mind that's like, yes, I want that. You create the image, you have, you know how to make the items and put them together, but you keep putting it out as a visual out there and then you don't have the ingredients. All right, so what do you have to do? Go to the store. You actually have to do something. And the reason I'm saying this stuff is because uh, I think a lot of people out there have heard of or have actually listened to, read, uh, watched The Secret. And they think, how can I manifest this? How can I make this happen? And then it doesn't happen that way. And we're going, well, what am I doing? And then we also get the spiritual um, attackers, the spiritual uh, just heard the phrase weaponizers. Um, the ones who say, oh, well, you're doing it wrong. And that's why it's not happening. Well, yes and no. Okay. We're also human. So yeah, you can manifest these things and yeah, you're human. So how do you balance these things out? Okay. That's the neutrality component. And I'll get back to that, but back to the fridge, you've got those items in there. You have an image of what it is that you want in your mind. And so now you go to the store and for this particular exercise, we're going to assume that your wallet is full, that you can buy whatever it is that you need to buy. And we're going to continue on. So you get to the store and let's say it was that steak dinner. You buy the steak, you get the potatoes, you get the broccoli, you know, whatever it is that you have dreamed up that is just going to be mouth-watering awesome for you. Um, maybe it's pancakes. Let's go with, maybe pancakes are a better one just for our vegetarian sorts out there. Um, so you get the items, you put them in your cart, you pay for them, get them home. 
carry them in and there's your fridge. And so you start to put it in there and then you realize, wait, I don't have enough room in my fridge. Even like I just got all these great groceries and I can't put it all in my fridge. Well, don't forget, you had items in that fridge too. Even though it was empty, there were items in there. So, or seemingly empty. You didn't have what you needed to create what was in your mind. So now you're looking at the fridge and you have to throw something out. Well, let's start with the sour milk, okay? Let's get rid of that because that's going to take some room. But people get hung up about throwing things out. Now, obviously, sour milk is not going to be something that you're going to be hung up about throwing out. At least I hope not. If you have that bad of a hoarding issue, think, call me directly, okay? We, we, we got to talk. Um, so you get rid of items and then that makes room for the good stuff that you just bought. And now you can actually start to make things. So there's, there, so there's that process of, okay, you visualize something, but something's in the way of actually getting it. Well, yes, you have to do something. You, you know, you can't just opt for the, the best parking space and you never left your house. You never even got in your car. Why would you need the best parking space if you never left? So if you want the relationship, you've got to go out and look for the relationship. If you want the job, you've got to go out and look for the job after you've created what it is that you want out of that. Oh, I want it to be loving, nurturing, sweet, um, you know, uh, adventurous. There's going to be this, like, uh, you know, I'll be able to deal with this component of their negativity and, and my negativity will be, look like such, you know, let's be real. Like we're human. Okay. So don't set up some sort of a list of this uh, romance novel type of person who just isn't real. They're just not real. Um, but the parking space, the, the whatever, like have the 80, 20 always available to you. The, you know, 80% of what I want, 20% of what I don't. So if it's a job, and you are continuing down your road of your career and you want a certain job, make sure that you understand the 20% of what you don't want in that job because there's always going to be something that you're going to have to suck up, a shit sandwich, if you will, that you're going to have to eat. Well, how much of it can you really palate? So is your commute an hour and a half and your car is on its last legs, that's probably not going to be the stuff that's palatable to you. Um, do you have small children and that, you know, you need a daycare or something like that, or, and you don't particularly like the teacher of that daycare, or they don't have daycare possible for you with that job. Um, Think about what it is that you can endure and say, okay, well, you know, they do have daycare. There's this one teacher that I don't really care for, but she's not totally toxic. This, that, the other thing, blah, blah, blah. You, I think you're getting the gist of what I'm saying. So back to the neutrality. The power, the true power of what we want, how to achieve it and where to get to is not in banging our heads against that fridge and going, I just wanted pancakes, oh my God. And willing the pancakes to happen by our pain and holding onto the pain of not having the pancakes. It's the power is in switching to neutral, to somehow not caring that we need to get in the car, go get the ingredients, go to the diner, you know, get them, like however we get the pancakes. It doesn't much matter. I don't know if I'm making sense. I hope I'm making sense with this. But on a scale of one to 10, one being the pain is, is high and 10 being the joy is high. 
Five is really where you want to be for actually creating the seven to 10 realm in your life. And what I mean by that is you need to switch to neutral. You need to be able to get out of the pain. And the pain is that sour milk in the fridge. The pain is that not having the pancakes. And what we tend to do is get addicted to the pain and holding on to it because it's that image of having those pancakes. I just want those pancakes. And who you end up being when you really want those pancakes. Well, now you might find that somebody says, oh my God, oh my God, poor Julie, she just wants those pancakes so bad. I feel so bad for her. I'm just going to drop them off. There they are. I just made some extra. My friend was just awesome and she just dropped them off and now you've got pancakes. And oh, wait, hold on. Didn't I just manifest that? Aren't I awesome? Hey, aren't I good? No, 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 no. Yeah, you got it. You got it out of lack of having those pancakes. You got it out of a victim role of having those pancakes. Somebody got codependent with you and said, ooh, Julie's not loving herself, so I'll love her and I'll bring her those pancakes. And there they are. Huh, what is that? Huh. How are we gonna do that? Wait. I got what I wanted. I manifested that. Yeah, you did. And you're probably going to find other people that do that as well. So you're going to now gear up and switch your thinking into how can I find the people in my life that will deliver me the pancakes where I don't actually have to go to the store and I don't actually have to make the pancakes and I don't have to buy the ingredients for them. Somebody else is just going to do it for me. And where that comes from is holding on to the pain that's inside of you. So this is why the power of neutral is so important and new being the key component in there. You want every day to feel something new. And that doesn't mean experience something new. It means look at something in your life that you've seen probably every day for the last 20 years, but you just need to see it in a new way, neutral way. And see where that pain is, see where that block is. And I say see, but that's so difficult to do when you've been living your life in a certain way and you've been hit with beliefs that might not have been yours to begin with. They might have been passed down to you. So how do you see something that you're unconscious of? This is what I'm trying to get to with the groceries, with creating the pancakes. You have to want something doesn't matter what the want is and then you create a visual of what that want is get detailed in that you're real 80% of what you want 20% of what you don't and like what's palatable to you can I deal with somebody leaving the cap off the toothpaste or putting the toilet paper roll on wrong or not putting the toilet paper on at all what is tolerable for you? What's your 20%? What is that pain that you can deal with? And where is the pain that you are holding onto that is creating that block? So if you're like me, getting up in your head is a bad idea. It's a really bad idea. So you need to get into your body and start figuring out how you feel. And I don't mean feel emotionally. I mean, sense it. Is there a lightness in your body? Is there a tingling? Is there something that happens when things start to gel for you? Is there a tension in your chest, in your fist? Do you clench? 
Do you squint? Do you like what's happening in your body? Because that's giving you clues to what's happening in your thought process and how to get out of it. So you don't have to think your way out of it. And actually you probably can't think your way out of this. And the things that have been coming up lately in life, they don't have a way to think it through. You have to sense it. You have to feel your way out of it. You've got to come out of it in a different manner. And that's going to be unfamiliar. So creating your visual, understanding there is a block is actually kind of helpful because when you get up against that, when you feel it, whether you think it, you know it in, in your conscious mind and you're like, this isn't happening. I don't have this. I don't have the job. I don't have the money. I don't have the love. I don't have the blah, 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 whatever it is. That's telling you what you don't have. So inverse 180 turn. If it's, if I don't have this, then I know what it is that I want because this is being shown to me. Oh, okay. And there's a way to slip into neutral. So if you have a job that you don't want, what is it about that job you don't want? Is it taking up too much time? Is it not paying enough money? Are there no health benefits? Is there, um, it's just taking up 90 hours of your week. You're exhausted. Is it too long of a commute? Because with every one of those, this is the problems, you can flip them and say, okay, I want more money. How much more money do I want? What am I worth? What's, what's worth it to me to switch jobs? And does it also have 80% of the other components that I want? So I'm hoping that's making sense. Um, I try to do things on the one to 10 scale for a lot of different things um, because it's an easy access point. How am I feeling? One to 10, 10 being joy, one being pain. Use that and then try to get to your neutral. Neutral is where, okay, I see the pain and I see the joy and I can see the entire landscape. I can see what's in the way. I just don't have a plan of motion yet, but I'm also not backsliding. So neutral is very powerful and neutral is where you should look to, to shift. If it's about emotions, if it's about desires, anything, neutral is an awesome point because nothing is attainable and um, what's, what am I looking for? You can't hold any emotion permanently. You can't stay happy. You can't stay in grieving. It has its timeline and nobody knows what that timeline is, but we do know that it will come to an end. So neutral is a great place to be because you don't care if you're happy or you're in pain, you're just there. So it's really a point of power. It's really, it really should be the thing that we strive for every day. So neutral and blocks. Did I cover the blocks? I think I did. I'm not sure. Anyway, I'm just kind of riffing here like, like I'd been doing before and I'm trying to get back into my, into my groove. So neutral and blocks, there it is. Um, and like usual, you're in charge. So with that, have a good day. Love y'all. Hello and happy new year. It's Julie and I'm back with a new year and a new season to You're in Charge. And what is coming up for me now is anxiety and depression. Not me personally, just everybody around me. Well, I don't know. Maybe it could 
not necessarily anxiety, but mine, mine just mounts to excessive pressure at this point. Um, I used to suffer from depression. Um, I have had panic attacks um, and mild anxiety, but I think for the most part, I've kept it at bay. Uh, the depression, um, well, anybody's depression really is about being out of alignment with who you are. This also goes for anxiety too. So I'm just winging right into this one because we just passed the holiday season and people are thinking, okay, now I should be past my anxiety, my depression, like the, the ick of that, unfortunately, is brought up during the most magical season of the year. It puts so much pressure, this holiday stuff. It puts pressure on everybody to be something that they might not genuinely be feeling in that moment. And I got really familiar with this over the last seven or eight years um, because my holidays were thrown to the wind because of my divorce. And so many people can relate to that situation. Um, I had created the magic for my holidays and I created it with a certain intent in mind. And I created that intent. It was all about connection. It was about family. It was about friends. It was, it wasn't about the gifts. However, those were excessive and wow, lots of them. So many of them. I'm, particularly I'm remembering my firstborn's first real Christmas that she understood what Christmas was. And I kid you not when I say it took her four days to get through all of her gifts because she was so overwhelmed with everything. She was the first grandchild and everybody wanted to get her something amazing. Oh my God. And open mind and do this. And I will never forget the image when she grabbed one gift that she had already unwrapped and loved and then grabbed another gift that she hadn't unwrapped yet, she tucked them both under her arms and waddled her little diaper butt down her hall and shut the door after her. And I just went, yes, way to create boundaries. And she just did it in the perfect way. No, this is too much. I'm not telling you guys, I'm not looking for permission. I'm off. I'm done. I want this. I want this. And I'm gone. And that is actually where I hope everybody else will get to and where we don't allow ourselves to be as adults because there's so much pretense around how we quote unquote should be, how it should look, what we need to uphold and do for the kids and da, 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 da. Well, what about you? Because inside of you is a kid that grew up, but the kid inside of you never grew up. It, it, I, I've used this before. I'll use it again and again. We are more like trees than anything because you start out a sapling, but that sapling never goes anywhere. It just grows another ring around it. It gets a little bit older and a little bit more mature. We're the same way, but that sapling is still inside of you. That young child that wanted certain things and knew what they, their inner truth was, not because somebody else told them that this is what they were supposed to do or how they were supposed to do it, but because it was just what you wanted to do. It's what you naturally were. It was innate. And that still exists, but we quieted it all down with logic and circumstance and pretense and yada, yada, blah, blah, blah. I guarantee you were not born to be a part of the new and empowered workforce. None of us are here to be that which our society created. And I'm going to say something that's going to sound wicked airy-fairy and totally fluff. And it's incredibly true. Feel it. You'll feel into it. But we are here for love. Period. End of story. 
we are here to experience love, to come back to love, to be love. And we can do that very easily in a lot of situations that are non-resistant. So you can do and be and have love with animals very easily. Your pets, your, okay, don't go there. All right, whatever. Yeah. Um, the 12 year old in me just fired off and, and if you are of like mind, so did yours, but no, that's not what I meant. Okay. Um, pets, kittens, puppies, your goats and chickens and horses and all of those things, they bring that love out in us. Also small children. Sometimes, um, that one can have a little bit more tinge to it because there's more of a feeling to care for it um, in a different way, but it can also be pure and innocent. Children have fun typically, are fun. So the anxiety and the depression is actually a signal that you are out of alignment with your truth, with who you really are. And how do you get back into alignment when you don't know what put you out of alignment? Because it didn't just happen. It, you weren't born anxious, I guarantee it. You weren't born depressed, I guarantee that. You may have been born drug addicted, but that's even less frequent, less possible. So how did it come to be? It came to be by, it's kind of like a death with, by a thousand cuts, little adjustments all day, every day for years that you just start being somebody else, doing for someone else, trying to exist in a way that you believe will attain love and how we see that love typically is now approval, validation, acceptance. But the, the misguided, misaligned view is that you're not looking for that love and acceptance and validation from yourself. You're looking for it outside of yourself. And that is where the misalignment began. So yes, as a child, you need to do those things because you're, you're learning how to navigate your world. But as we mature and our brains develop and we become more sovereign, more autonomous, then we need to readjust the rules and beliefs to which we began living our lives in order to get through our childhood. And the majority of us don't actually readjust those rules. We just continue to live amongst those rules. And that is actually what's causing your anxiety and your depression. Now, let me tell you, those things that you are feeling so very real. I am not here to tell you that this is in your head and you are making it up. Not at all. And sometimes it can be so bad, especially if you've got CPTSD PTSD and CPTSD. Those are caused by extreme trauma and they're not to be handled lightly. Um, your OCD, all of those things, they, they're real and they can be managed and they can be worked out of with extreme care and diligence. And, and just listening to podcasts like this isn't actually all you need. Um, it's, it can help. And yet sometimes some of these things even what I'm saying can hurt because you can start to feel uh, because the, your beliefs that come up are typically unconscious. If you knew what was causing it, 
then you would do it differently. And so if it's unconscious and you hear something that somebody says like, oh, you know, you're misaligned, that can trigger you. And that can make you feel like, oh my God, what do I need to do? Okay, whoa, don't do anything. And this is where I said in one of my previous podcasts where the power of neutral is your friend. So if you are experiencing anxiety and depression, the best place that you can get to, actually, anytime you're feeling triggered, you're feeling frustrated, um, anger, rage, all of those things that have put you over the edge, whatever that edge is, the best thing you can do is to shift to neutral. So if meditation works for you, then do that. If taking a nap works for you, do that as long as you shift out of it. So if you are going into a nap and you are still enraged and you are still triggered, you are going to wake up that way. So start to reel yourself back in. Find what it is that gets you to neutral. A long drive, a long walk in nature, a swim, a bath, a shower, clean something, create something, fix something, whatever it is that occupies both sides of your brain so that you cannot think about where you're at, what's bothering you, and start engaging that story in a deeper way. Because every time we think of it, we are re-engaging that story. We are re-firing those wires together so that they're it's like adding solder to the, the wires. And it's, it's really making it a much more solid link. And you want to break apart that link. You want to rewire your brain so that you're not activating this over and over and over in yourself. I want relief for you. So the way to get relief from your anxiety and from your depression is shift to neutral, find something fun that you enjoy doing, like truly go back in your brain when you had even a happy moment from your childhood. It's probably going to be something really innocent, something um, tactile, whether it was Play-Doh, sandbox, um, swimming, biking, different things like that, that engaged you. Climbing a tree, um, you made something, you drew something, you know, those types of things. When, when you truly were having fun, then go and do something that's fun. And it seems counterintuitive, like, wait a second, I'm not actually fixing anything. No, you're right. You're not. And that's just it. You're not broken. You feel broken. For sure, you feel broken. But you're not. And remembering that, being able to engage that fun side of you, that's half the battle. So how do you do this? What, what you need, what's happening, anxiety and depression is the result of the overuse of your ego. Now that does not mean that you're an egomaniacal windbag. That doesn't mean that you're an arrogant SOB. It also doesn't not mean that. It means ego or soul is where you're coming from now. I told you, we're here for love. Our soul only knows love. Our ego only knows safety, protection. And how our ego is developed is on the human side of us. So that's that childhood stuff, the reasons, the, the beliefs that we do something in order to get something. Our soul knows that we don't need to do something in order to get something. We just are that something. 
but that's what we've lost sight of. And the way you get to that soul side is through your intuition. Oh, intuition, crap. How do I know if I'm in my intuition or if I'm in my ego, in my mind? The, don't think about how, think about honesty. The way to get into your intuition is by being honest. So the people that are the most intuitive are honest. They're truthful. And this is bringing up for me the ideas that people are, um, we are all taken in by the antics of, I'm going to call it devil energy. It's not that they are the devil. It's that it's that energy that we want to believe that the charming guy, the sweet gal, the, um, the nicey nices, the, um, who's that guy on the Simpsons there, the neighbor, Oakley Doakley, those, you know, church going folk and whatnot are our friends, are trustworthy because they're so nice. They're dressed up so well and, and they're put together in all the right places. But that's actually where we get sucked in and look at serial killers. If, if, was it Ted Bundy? I think who was the one that was married to all these people. And then like they did all these interviews to, to the wives and the girlfriends of him. And they're like, I had no idea. Yeah. No kidding. No kidding. Because that's going to tip their hand and then they can't actually do their bad deeds because you're going to see them for what they are. The nice people, the angel energy, if you will, those are the ones that are probably going to be pissing you off. They're the ones who are going to get in your face and say, you're better than this. You can do more than this. I don't understand why this is happening. And here's where you're good. And here's where you're sucking because you're not doing this work. Angel energy and devil energy are very misconstrued. They, they're crisscrossed in our minds. And our entertainment has a lot to do with that. So we see these romantic views of what a great relationship is supposed to be like. Oh, bitch, please. That stuff is crap. There is no guy that's going to act like those Hallmark movies. And if he is acting like that, he's probably the serial killer in town. We don't have healthy relationships reflected on our entertainment industry. A, a very few, I should say, very few. So that's what we kind of build our images on, that and whatever our parents were like. And they might not know what a healthy relationship is like either because they're building it off of their entertainment and their parents. And sorry, folks, we haven't had some good stuff passed down. We've had a lot of crap passed down to us and that's not their fault. It really isn't their fault. They were doing the best that they knew that they could with what they knew. So here we are the baseline about your anxiety and your depression is mismanaged emotions, unhealed emotional wounds. It's you out of alignment with your truth. It's, it's a whole long series of the same thoughts and beliefs being repeated over and over and over day in and day out for a very long time. And so in order to backtrack, you have to set the new tone. You have to set the new awareness and the new beliefs. And it can't just be once or twice. You have to set it as many times as you did to get into this situation. The good news is it's a lot like Monsters, Inc. If you've seen the movie from Pixar, when they were 
dealing with the, um, the, the energy crisis and they needed more screams and they needed to scare the crap out of the kids in order to get those screams. What they realized throughout the movie later on was that laughter was a minimum of 10 times more powerful than the screams. And that is the same situation that you're dealing with now. Laughter is far, far more powerful than the screams because it comes from love. It comes from that soul place, which is why you want to get connected to your inner child, to that fun place. Find that, find that space where you took naps as a kid and you felt great and everything was safe. And or at least God, I hope you had a childhood that was safe. For those of you that didn't, I'm so sorry. And I know there's a plethora of you out there that have not. And now I hope you are in a safe place. And if, if not, please find that. That is the very first thing that needs to be done for you to get out of your anxiety, your depression, your, your issues. You need to find a safe place for you for your kids, if you've got them as well. It needs to be the number one priority. And I don't mean that just physically. I also mean that emotionally. If somebody is belittling you and making you feel like trash and just constantly criticizing you and no, 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 no. I don't care if you have a piece of paper that says that you're married to the person. It is just a piece of paper. Nobody should have that power to treat you that way. And while it may in society be seen as a failure to dissolve your relationship, I'm going to contest that and I'm going to say it's actually a failure to stay if you are in an abusive situation or a toxic situation or just an extremely unhealthy one and you know you know if you are you can feel it the problem is that we get used to that feeling and we think that we're the problem or that the problem is just going to stay this way and I should just stay here and endure it and it will all be better someday, some way. No, it's not. You actually need to take steps to make it better. It doesn't mean you have to leave your spouse. It doesn't mean you have to leave your parents or your children doesn't not mean that either. You have to assess this for yourself. You have to take this into consideration. And only you can really truly know what your situation is. But there's a lot here. There's a lot to undo, to go through. I mean, really, it could be generations of issues that are occurring that you're dealing with. And in order to break out of that, it takes an incredible amount of strength and courage. So you need to get the baseline dealt with, the safety, the nutrition, like those are really important. Make sure you're drinking a lot of water. Make sure you're not drinking a lot of coffee or alcohol. Those things will absolutely set you back. You think that, okay, I can just kind of disappear into this. No, it just compounds the issues. So if you're addicted, get into a program. If you can, please do that. If you know, you're, you're just heavy handed in that, cut back. Again, only you know your situation, but Find the fun in your life again. It's imperative. It really is. I, I know it seems fluffy, but it's not. It, it's really where we're meant to be. 
so let's see some signals that that things are toxic that things are way out of balance your body will be signaling you your body if it's gained weight holds weight has pain um has a certain disease or issues to it again i'm sure i'm repeating myself because these things keep coming up and i'm gonna keep repeating myself until everybody gets it you can look for clues as to what's out of balance from your body and the way i do it with my clients is i have them describe what it is that's the problem in their life and if it's weight for instance where are you holding your weight and how does that feel and and get them into some baseline descriptors so something that's um come up recently multiple times is a few people with aneurysms now that's pretty major so if if you've gotten to the point where you have aneurysms that is old that is an old emotional issue that is held on now what does an aneurysm do it's at its worst it's going to explode so that can say to you where is it that i feel like exploding but i haven't so it's going to be pointing to anger and rage now the thing about anger and rage is they are secondary emotions that means that they are the bouncers they are the bodyguards to the sadness and the hurt that is under underlying so if you have something like major like that that is pointing to you not having acknowledged your own sadness your own hurt and how do we deal with this so i think i told you before there's forgiveness and righteous anger and then in between that is that sadness and the hurt and if you don't acknowledge that sadness and hurt you're going to go to the anger but you can't get to the forgiveness unless you've dealt with that sadness and hurt so here we are again now it's in your body and it's it's a, an accumulation of pushed off emotion um buried uh shoved to the side you know don't deal with the grief don't deal with this don't deal with the hurt blah 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 you get the idea those are also going to cause anxiety and depression not everybody now somebody might be moving the energy they might be exercising daily vigorously so they might be moving that energy so it might not appear in the same way so if you are underweight overweight all of these things are pointing to your emotional state which isn't just current but over the long term it's it's more like the balance sheet of how your emotions have been over time so gentlemen if you have a big belly that big beer belly i refer to that as the heart attack belly might be from food might be from alcohol doesn't matter but that is what doctors know will cause a heart attack eventually stroke so if that's going to cause a heart attack okay that's dealing with your heart so now it's saying we're going to attack your heart and reverse that how have you either been attacking your heart or how has your heart been attacked and how did you need to create protection around that it's saying if you've got that big belly you haven't been protecting your heart or you've been over protecting your heart hard to tell again everybody's a little bit different and i can help you out with those things if you want to contact me but 
all of your physical symptoms, anxiety, depression, um, like illnesses of any sort are pointing toward your emotional state and how to come back into alignment, how to balance the balance sheet, if you will. So how can we do this? Through intuition, through fun, through listening to yourself. You have to listen to yourself. And that is an art form because we will listen to others before we'll listen to ourselves. But you have to make yourself the most important person. And it is that classic metaphor of the oxygen mask. You need to put your oxygen mask on. Otherwise, you're no good to anybody else if you've passed out. So put your oxygen mask on. And that's in the shape of shifting back to neutral, finding your intuition through honesty. That takes a lot. If you can be honest with others, that's a great start because being honest with yourself tends to be harder. But being honest with yourself is where it needs to begin. So be honest with yourself. Find your intuition. Relocate that. Contact me if you need more information on it. If you want to hear more about it, I would love to talk about it. And go easy on yourself, especially in the anxiety and depression arena. It takes a lot to get back. So find your fun, find your inner child, and I will talk to you again. And until next time, you're in charge.